Welcome to Is That an Option? The podcast from Careers Wales for anyone who's looking after and looking out for young people waiting for exam results this summer. A summer like no other. I'm Betsan Powys and I'm one of those parents with two children who are waiting for results and full of uncertainty about what life might be like for them once those all-important results emails have been opened. Soon. Very soon now. You've heard it said often enough, I'm sure, but in 2020, coronavirus has taken away most of the certainties we all previously clung to. And so, if you're wondering what university or college will look like this autumn, will taking a year off be a good idea? What are the pitfalls of taking a breather? What's the jobs market going to be like if you're a school leaver? Then keep listening. We'll talk to experts from education, employment, apprenticeships and volunteering who in turn will listen to and advise young people and those who usually help them make big decisions. Us, the parents and guardians. So stepping up first is Scott Gilmore. Scott lives in Maivod in Mid Wales. He's waiting for his A-level results and given the option, he'd head off to Durham University to study law. So I asked him whether COVID-19 had caused him to change his plans. Well, that hasn't really changed. I'm hoping to get into Durham University to go and study law. But um, it just depends. You know, it's all riding on August the 13th and we'll see how I do. And at the end of the day, I'm not really afraid because if, if I don't do as well, then I'll simply have to think whether I want to go back to do another year at at school or or start an apprenticeship or or find a um, a, a university next year or, or something like that uh, it, it's not the end of the world whatever happens um obviously if we got this uh, if i got the results i need this year it would just be the easier way but um that, i'm not a, i'm not particularly afraid have you been thinking about uh, whichever university you end up in it's becoming clearer uh, to anyone who's interested that ed- education at university is going to feel pretty different in the coming year. How do you feel about all of that? Well, uh, the, there are there are the, the there's the issues that um, you might not be getting uh, the same amount of contact time as you would have done, but you're still paying full price, which feels kind of a a bit of a rip off. But kind of tough, yeah. And that, that, but that's no one's fault, really. Um, I, I, I don't think, and that anything really can be done about that. It's just down to the government. But then, then there's also the social aspect, and ha- whether I, I expect things will still be will be opened then. But um, uh, things like clubs and also you, you won't be because aren't they talking about doing a bubble, social bubble with your um, subject mates? So that's who you'd be living with. So you wouldn't meet anyone outside of your, um, or be less likely to meet anyone outside of your subject. Which you would have enjoyed doing, um, I imagine. Yeah, because they're yeah, different mindsets, different types of people. So that's Scott. And talking things through with him, not always agreeing on everything either, and hey, as parents, we all know how that feels, is his mother, Catherine. Scott, she says, is a sensible lad, not easily thrown off course. But had he, I asked, given the real uncertainties around what higher education will look like this year, considered the option of deferring his studies? From what I've read, because I've been following quite closely, that universities are certainly being encouraged to be more lenient. And 
uh, and I think there will be a lot more deferrals. We did discuss this with Scott, whether he would want to defer and he thought quite carefully about it and said, well, it's going to be a unique experience. Uh, no, he won't have the freshers week like other students had in previous years and clubs and societies won't necessarily run in the same way, but it will be unique. You know, they will be a COVID-19 year, won't they? And it'll be special for that reason. So he, I think he just thinks it's a bit of a Dunkirk spirit somehow. So he'll join in and and see what see what what it brings for him and go for it. Do you think he's making the right decision? If it were me, I think I would defer. And Scott's quite young in the academic year. You perhaps wouldn't have guessed that from speaking to him, but he's an end of May birthday. So you know, to stay an extra year either at school or to do something else completely different might have been um, a good good for him. And he wouldn't have lost out, really, because he wouldn't have been that much older than the students he would join the following year. But it really is. We, we discussed it, the pluses and minuses of, of of deferring or not. And he was confident that that's what he wanted. So, I mean, in our house, there's a lot of discussion about lots of things. And, we, we, you know, we, we always sort of do that, look at whether you should or you shouldn't or what the other options are. Things are never black and white, are they? Uh, it's there's a lot of in this in particular there's a lot of gray partly because when he was thinking about deferring he'd been encouraged by a question and answer session with the university itself that if you were thinking about deferring do it sooner rather than later at that point we didn't we had less idea about how university life in this academic year was going to be now talking about bubbles of your subject uh, living with them socializing with them and studying with them and how's the summer been, Catherine? Because you've had two children who've been affected and clearly they've thought a lot about it, they've thought around it, um, and they do sound very sensible. And all the same, you imagine that for a parent, it's been interesting and it's been pretty tough. Yes, very, very. So this summer, I mean, th- this summer for the Gilmore family would have been a big summer anyway because we, we knew they were going to be both doing external exams at the same time. <laughs> so it should have been quite stressful and significant and it has but for such such a diff- such different reasons I, I think that they've both dealt with it well in their own way uh, in lots of ways it's a shame particularly Imogen has worked extremely hard and was well prepared it's almost like they've had the rug pulled from under their feet the school were preparing them for learning at home and I think that I expected that to happen, that they would look, they would all have to learn at home and then go in and sit their exams, which could perhaps have been done in a socially distanced way. I didn't for a minute think that they would just stop the exams. I was quite shocked when that happened. I think it was the right decision because across Wales it ha- and across the, the rest of the UK, it had to be a decision that was fair to everyone. So what are the questions that you have now, Catherine? Um as you say, you're a thoughtful family, you, you discuss things, you, you do talk about them. I mean, clearly there are lots of uncertainties, particularly as far as Scott is concerned, as to how things will pan out for the rest of, of his academic career, I suppose. Yes, yes. Well, if there isn't a, a second wave, then he will presumably go and live in Durham in, in halls. He's hopefully going to a fully catered college. However, that might change because if they're um, accommodating everybody from the same course in the same place, then he might not go where he was thought he would be. Um, and 
I am concerned that he, you know, he he is far more likely than the rest of us to come into contact with other people uh, with potentially with coronavirus, and we never know how it might affect anyone. We all imagine that the youngsters will be okay, but I am. I mean, I think any parent whose child is going away to university would always be uh, <laughs> somewhat trepidatious, happy for them that they're you know, uh, spreading their wings, but slightly concerned. And, and this just adds a little bit of an extra burden that you just think, well, what might happen if they're ill away from home? Would they be able to get the right sort of help? And it, and of course, Durham from where we live in Myvod is an, is an awful long way. You know, it's four hours away. So yes, I, I, am, I am worried, but I think he's a sensible lad and he'll, if he's ill, he will, he will hopefully seek help and um you know he'll be he'll be fine so and and to some extent you know, we have to let him go and and enjoy himself which although it will be different to other students experiences in previous years then it will still be university Well, thanks to Catherine and Scott. And what we heard there, I suspect, are the sorts of concerns most school leavers must be feeling about their options in this of all years. Interesting that Catherine herself would have been tempted to defer, but that Scott just wants to get on with it. So joining me to talk things through and offer as many pointers as they can are Richard Tobert, who's a regional skills partnership manager in South East Wales. In other words, uh, he's one of those who helps to ensure that the sorts of skills our young people have other sorts of skills businesses in Wales need. Welcome, Richard. Hi there, Betson. And Aled Roberts from Careers Wales. So Aled, tell us what sort of areas you can advise on. Well, my role working with Careers Wales is that we give totally unbiased advice and guidance and support to young people. And also really what we've been seeing a lot actually during the past couple of weeks is, is parents. So it's, it's advice, information, and then our role is, is, is to support really with making informed decisions, you know, that'll be based on hopefully our solid guidance and information to both the individual people and in terms of what seems to be happening at the moment, more and more parents obviously worried about what's happening in uh, in the current situation and looking towards the next sort of couple of months possibly years in terms of um, education for their children brilliant well in that case you are exactly the man we need for this podcast because that's exactly what we're aiming to do so let's start by acknowledging that this is a summer like no other and that young people leaving school are having to do so with very few certainties to cling to richard very much so. We're certainly faced with very challenging times. I think it's important to recognise that. I'm also the father of two young children and I'm, I'm just glad, I suppose, that I'm not in a, a position where I'm having to, to make these pretty important decisions like the ones that both Catherine and Scott are about to embark on. However, I think it's also important to stress that, the, you know, within these challenging times, there, there are also opportunities that we also need to be mindful of. And I think now is a really, really good time to embark on um, lifelong learning and, and, and to continue a, a learning journey, really. So parents don't despair. Let's start there. And then let's go step by step then, because we're nearly there. We're nearly at results day. I'm sure young people and certainly those uh, who look after them are going to be getting a little bit nervous about what's ahead of them. So results day comes around. 
the results are going to arrive one way or another, far more by email than than in the past. Aled, on that day itself, you've got your results. They might be a little bit disappointing, not quite what you'd hoped for. They might be bang on, who knows. But what would you advise, you know, families not to do as much as what to do on that day? The first thing I think, as always, is is not to rush to a decision. Most prospective students will know what their offers are for university. If they hit the grades, fine, happy days, then they, they can move on. But if they're not quite there, then they just need to just figuratively take a deep breath, sit down and assess. Um, and again, there's been a lot of work been going on over the past few months in schools, you know, head of six forms, we as a careers service, actually, we've actually been surveying the year 13s in Wales uh, and had some very interesting results out, out of that. So, you know, when the day comes, hopefully the majority will be in a good position to make uh, a good decision. But there is plenty of support out there. I mean, you know, they can contact universities, they can contact UCAS, and also they can talk to us in, in Careers Wales. Because as I mentioned before, we're in the unique position, really, that we can give unbiased advice and guidance, you know, that's individual to that learner. And is it easy to know how to do that? Because there'll be an awful lot of um, young people and worried parents around. So will further education, higher education institutions, Career Wales, will there be plenty of people ready on that day to be available to talk to, uh, to families? As always, there will always be people available uh, to speak. And I, I think this year, more than ever, because of what's going on, you know, things might change, things are changing. So, you know, in terms of the universities, they will be available. You know, their admissions department, they, they'll be ready to go. Most of the students will know. Usually they, they get a, an email or a text at about one o'clock in the morning on the results day saying that, you know, they've been accepted or not. Um, if they haven't, then the process then is to maybe talk to the school first, contact the university, but certainly talk to us in Careers Wales, because some might have to make you know, a decision. They might have to think about, right, I didn't get into my first choice. The backup choices then come into play. If they're not available, then our advice and guidance will be key. Careers Wales, you know, as a company, we have advisors linked to every school and FE college in Wales. So wherever anybody has, has, you know, sat and done the the exams, there will be somebody there available. And of course, uh, as a career service, as Careers Wales, you know, we have our website, careerswales.gov Wales, which will have some information up to date, key things to look at. We'll have a telephone line, live chat, and of course, we'll be all across social media on the day. So there's plenty of advice um, available on the day. But I think the most important thing, if there's anybody in any doubt, they should really talk to us in Careers Wales so that, you know, we can evaluate the decisions that need to be made, as I mentioned, totally unbiased, and then make sure that, you know, all options are considered. Maybe, you know, it's not a rush decision. It's something that they would, okay, talk to us, then talk it over with the parents, perhaps then go back to the university and see, you know, what's going on. But every case would be dealt with on an individual basis. And we will have staff available 
on that day, as, as we have now, and we've been dealing with a lot of uh, students and a lot of parents. And we actually did a survey I mentioned earlier, and that, you know, 61% of the ones who've sat A-level this year, looking through university, are worried about their grades. And of those, you know, 56% of them have had conditional or unconditional offers from universities. And 51% of those are aiming to take those up. So we were thinking maybe there'll be a lot thinking about deferring, maybe not going. Really, from what we've gathered in our uh, work, there's only 1% of current uh, year 13s have decided that they're not going to go to university this year. So the vast majority are looking at it as, you know, yes, they're going to go. And a very, very small percentage are talking about deferring. So the advice really is, is, is to arm yourself with as much information as you can if you need to make that big decision. So Richard, what about from your point of view? Because not everybody's going to want to go on to university. Some might want to think about some form of further education, but they're not sure what. All they're hearing on the news is that there are no jobs. Jobs are going everywhere. Jobs are being cut everywhere. Um, so, you know, what skills should they be thinking in terms of acquiring? You know, how should they go about their apprenticeships? Are there going to be any available? All of those questions. So initially, when you get those results, what's the wise thing to do? I think the important thing to do initially is not to panic. If you don't get your grades, uh, there are opportunities that are out there. A, a danger is certainly doing nothing. And I think it's important to, to take stock on where, where you are, where you want to be and how you're going to get there. Personally, I'm a, a big advocate of work-based learning and apprenticeships. And there's an awful lot of opportunities out there in the field of work-based learning. Naturally, some, some industries have been affected by COVID-19, but there, there is uh, reported growth in other industries. So apprenticeships are a, 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 you know, a, a great route for some learners. And I think it's also important to stress that, that not everyone successfully succeeds in, in an academic environment. And therefore, apprenticeships, work-based learning routes are, are better suited to some individuals. And how do you go about finding out where those are and what those are? I'm pretty sure that, you know, there's uh, advice uh, provided by directly by Careers Wales. But there, there are also a range of other organisations out there in Wales that do have a specific expertise in terms of work-based learning and apprenticeships. For, for example, the National Training Federation for Wales are the umbrella body of work-based learning providers. And through interface with the National Training Federation for Wales, an individual could be guided on their their you know their their learning and their and potential apprenticeship routes that are available to them. So yeah, that, that's certainly a good a good port of call. Aled, anything to add there? So for those who don't fancy you know going on to university, they've done their bit, and actually they will learn much better. When they're working, you know, uh, in in a job environment, um, working, you know, learning on the job, what's your advice for where they should find out more? On our website, we actually have a section on the Careers Wales website, which deals exclusively with apprenticeships, and these are all kinds of apprenticeships, and also perhaps looking at the Year Thirteen cohort, that the higher apprenticeships, the apprenticeships that you're going to need A levels to get into. Some of these apprenticeships, you know, with some engineering firms, 
they're very, very competitive. They're actually harder to get than going into university. And we have pages on Careers Wales, you know, in all the sectors you can think of, you know, business, engineering, finance, you know, in the health sector, hospitality, media. Obviously, at the moment, things are a little bit unclear, but there are apprenticeships on there today. And it's a matter of, of getting on and maybe now having a little look. I know the school that I work in, I've got two who've applied successfully four apprenticeships in one in the finance sector and the other in in, an, in the IT sector. So those apprenticeships ask for very good A-levels, uh, but the information, it, it's all there on our website. And I, and I would recommend, you know, even now possibly before you get your results to maybe just go and have a little peek to see, okay, what is out there? Some of the sectors, you know, we're looking at the moment, obviously things like hospitality and finance and the retail sector, they're not looking too clever at the moment. But that's not to say that in a couple of months that, yes, they will be looking to recruit and recruiting top end of, you know, A-level grades, many, many of them. Apprenticeships, they're not a soft option. I think many people from my era used to think of an apprenticeship as, as a soft option, but Really now, it's a way for an individual. For instance, you can now get a law degree via an apprenticeship. You join the company, they mould you into the way that they want you to work with them. And you're learning the business on the job from the bottom up, but also you're getting paid. So certainly a good option. The, the, The caveat, obviously, at the moment is you know, with so much uncertainty around a lot of employers, I think at this current time are holding off a little bit until I think maybe things settle down. Um, But the opportunities are out there. Absolutely. And I'm sure attitudes are changing, aren't they, towards apprenticeships and perhaps old snobberies, old uncertainties about apprenticeships, Richard, are are long since gone now. Like I say, I'm an advocate of of work-based learning and apprenticeships. I think there is research out there that suggests that on average, an apprentice does actually earn more than than a graduate. So uh, apprenticeships are certainly a viable route for many. And in terms of pointing an individual to information, I think it's also important to stress that the the Business Wales Skills Gateway is available. That's available to uh, learners, to employers, parents. And within the Business Wales Skills Gateway, there is an uh, apprenticeship referral program where an individual can submit an expression of interest and they, they will then be contacted uh, by an individual to discuss needs in a bit more detail with view to brokering information and advice around apprenticeships and, and signpost an individual to a potential route, a potential provider who can deliver a specific programme. Can I just mention as well that there is the option here in Wales of, of, of the Jobs Growth Wales, which is the six-month opportunity to get experience in, in a paid job. So a lot of these opportunities do lead to, to full-time roles. So it's well worth looking at Jobs Growth Wales. You know, it, it's for 16 to 24-year-olds. You know, there are some conditions uh, to it. But again, you can have a look on the website to see if you're eligible. You know, you, you live in Wales. If you're not in full-time employment, then you can have a look at Jobs Growth Wales as an option for maybe six months. 
Brilliant. Lots of really clear pointers there and really good advice there from Ale to start checking now. There's no need to, to wait until the very last moment, until you've got your results. So that's one thing I've noted. Ale, can we go back to a point you made earlier around deferring uh, and, and the interesting research that you've already done around how few pupils actually, it sounds, uh, are going to defer? Though I thought it was very interesting that we heard Catherine saying that she'd consider deferring, but that Scott actually just wants to go for it. So can I ask you, Aled, um, when is it a good idea and when is it a bad idea to defer? And if you're going to defer, how do you use that time? Okay, if you're going to defer, the key thing is that you must let the university know. It's not something you can just decide and say, now I've applied right, I'm going to defer. This is something you need to talk through with the university. Of course, certain courses won't allow you to defer, you know, things like medicine, you can't defer. Um, the one thing I would say about deferring is, if you are deferring, what are you going to do with your time? If you are deferring for a year, I would have thought most universities would want you to be doing something possibly related to the course that you're going to be doing. And again, it could be now, as I said, that there's only about 7% in our survey said that they're thinking of deferring. That's possibly because... You know, as we've seen in, you know, in hospitality, retail, they're traditionally the sort of sectors that young people might take a gap year, go and work, get some money behind them before going into universities. Perhaps, you know, with COVID, they've seen that these opportunities are now disappearing. But the one thing with deferring and taking a year off, you need to think about it. You need to plan it. It shouldn't be something that, you know, comes up this late in in the process it should be something that that's really thought about because many universities i think now wouldn't want students to defer and again looking out there in, into the world of work it, it it's it's pretty tough out there you've had a lot of people being furloughed a lot of people lost their jobs so again the job market is very very competitive so you know perhaps from our survey a lot of the year 13s have seen that okay maybe three, four years in university could be the best place now to make sure that you get the skills, you get the qualifications that will be needed in the jobs market, you know, in the future. And I'm talking here about all kinds of different skills, you know, things like, you know, we're going to be looking at more digital skills, more and more people are going to be working from home. So then again, learning how to do that, time management, those type of skills are going to be they're going to be looked at a lot, lot more, I think, in the future. So with deferral, I think it's something that really, really needs to be thought very hard about anyway, but in the, the current climate, even more. But you can see why, can't you? I mean, you're going to have to sympathise with young people who had no plan to defer whatsoever. Um, but the reason they're thinking about it now is that they're so uncertain about what their education is going to look like come September, October. I mean, some haven't heard anything from the courses that they're hoping to do. How much of, of it is going to be digital learning? How is the social life going to be like at, you know, at higher education level? It doesn't sound as though it's, you know, what I had all those years ago. So you can see why, can't you, that some are thinking about it late in the day? Yes, indeed. I would say that talking to the university and finding out now how your course is going to be delivered in September, October will be important. The landscape out there, we heard earlier on Catherine talking and, and, and Scott saying that Durham, they're looking at putting students into a social bubble with their subject cohort. Well, that's going to be 
totally difficult. Um, I would have thought that you, you, you know, you've got to stay in that bubble, not going out. It's going to be very, very difficult. Richard, what are your thoughts on deferral? Because it's something that it feels like people are discussing and thinking about this year precisely because of COVID-19 rather than anything else. Yeah, I, I completely understand um, why individuals uh, would be considering referring at this moment in time. Um, it's a pretty challenging environment at the moment. And I can just understand from a learner's perspective and as a parent's perspective, you know, you want an experience at university to be rounded and, and, and of high quality. Um, and naturally, given, given COVID-19, that there are challenges that are presented um, across the board, really. Um, I, I, my personal opinion will be it, it's very much down to the individual. Um, the individual, and I'm certainly, I'm certainly sure that Scott does because he's mentioned it earlier, you know, he seems to recognise that the learning experience will be a lot different from, from normality. Um, the complete package of being a student will naturally change um, and if Scott is comfortable with that and happy with that, I think deferring is probably not not the best decision for him. Therefore, continuing on his plans is 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 it certainly seems to be quite a, a sensible decision. Um, I think the important thing, you know, if if individuals are considering deferring, um, use the time wisely uh, would be my view. Um, Doing nothing uh, is not going to look good to, to prospective future employers. And therefore, continuing your learning journey is probably a really sensible decision at this moment in time. Recognising the employment market is, is certainly challenged. So that for me, now is a really good time to, to continue with, with learning, whether that be in a, a higher education institution or in a work-based learning environment. Do, doing nothing and sitting on a sofa is not a, a sensible use of time, I think. Got it. Got that very clearly. Can I ask one thing more from, from both of you? I mean, another question that will arise is about money. For one thing, there are young people who would have planned to work over the summer, so they'd had a bit of money behind them uh, going to higher education and so on. But also, perhaps more seriously, is that you're going to have families who are finding things much tougher, again, because of COVID-19, possibly furlough, job losses, and are finding it much tougher financially than they would have done. So come results day and post results day again, any advice to parents and to guardians who have financial worries now, but want the best, obviously, uh, for their children? Well, I would say if you come and talk to us in Careers Wales, this is the sort of advice and guidance that we can give on an individual basis. Um, I would recommend, you know, Student Finance Wales as a very, very good website, which, which is updated constantly. But I, I think also... Um, going back maybe to what I was saying a little bit earlier about really now finding out what your university course will entail. You know, how much of it is going to be face-to-face? -face, how much of it, if at all, will be face-to-face? -face? Because it could be that some of these um, courses, you might end up, your son or daughter might be capable of doing it from the comfort of your own home. So that, that's maybe something to, to think about. But certainly... We, as Careers Wales, can give that impartial advice and guidance to individuals and, and you know, and, uh, to parents 
to, to help you, you know, make the right decision, evaluate what's important to you? Yeah, I, I just think it's it's important to stress that, you know, naturally COVID-19 for certain sectors and certain industries has been particularly challenging. In terms of job opportunities, there, there will be extreme challenges presented for, for certain sectors like, you know, engineering, construction, tourism, hospitality, for example. But But there are other opportunities out there and there are some sectors that are experiencing growth naturally those frontline roles within particularly within health and and social care there's there's also growth within the 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 field of digital it software development cybersecurity and also sales and business development i just think they're they're going to be increasingly more more in demand if you like and and available and therefore there there are opportunities out there for individuals to potentially secure some part-time employment to, to help support them through their university life. There are three regional skills partnerships that operate across Wales. Um, the regional skills partnerships provide advice to Welsh Government on the, the strategic direction of travel for skills within their regions. I'm here representing the, the South East Wales region, which covers the 10 local authority areas within South East Wales. And we really see ourselves as be, being the, the voice to government on behalf of employers. And we, we certainly exert influence around what provision is funded at further education and within the field of work-based learning. So as part of our role, we certainly create and develop and obtain labour market intelligence and share that with Welsh Government with view to them then funding provision in, in areas of need. That's that's a very good point because we in Careers Wales, you know, we use this uh, labour market uh, information as a key part of our advice and guidance because obviously when we see young people in, in, in schools and we talk about, you know, where the needs are, we've got uh, members of, of our company who sit on the regional skills partnership. So we're made aware of, of where the shortages are, what the skill levels are, what people are looking for, what employers want, uh, how the world is changing, where the future demand is going to be. We're up to speed and this informs us in giving the best advice and guidance to anybody really who comes to talk to us at Careers Wales. Well, thank you both. I've certainly learned a lot already. Don't do nothing has stayed with me. Consider your options, be open to other options and get on with your research now so that by the time we get a results day and the next episode of this podcast, then you'll be ahead of the game. Well, thank you to Richard and Aled. Lots of pointers there about what not to do uh, as much as what to do. And it sounds to me as though they've set this week's homework as well, which is heading off to the Careers Wales website to dig a bit deeper for the answers to any questions we still have. That's at www.careerswales.gov.wales or ring 0800 028 4844 or look out for Careers Wales on social media. So we'll be back just after the exam results are published with the results episode of Is That an Option? when the conversation will be less theoretical and just a bit more urgent. 